Welcome to another episode of Two Guys, One Topic. I'm Liam. And I'm Ollie. And for those of you that don't know, or for any new listeners, each episode we take a topic that we know very little about and we give ourselves a week to read and research all about it. The idea being, we do the hard work, then we share what we feel are the most important pieces of information with you. Yep, um, that's exactly right. Just to be clear though, we're not experts in anything that we talk about. It is just a summary of what we found over the week. Uh, but hopefully by sharing some knowledge with you all, you can all learn just a tiny little bit more about a whole bunch of things. Sounds good to me, Liam. Let's get on with this week's topic, which is accents. Should I start with an accent or not? <laughs> um, should we start with a disclaimer? <laughs> yeah, Discla- let's start a disclaimer this week. If I put an accent on or Ollie puts an accent on and we offend anybody, we don't mean to. It's all from the heart. <laughs> it's all from a place of love. We don't mean to upset anybody, so apologies. What on earth are we doing accents, Ollie? thought it could be quite interesting, didn't we? Like we? We all speak in a certain way and you hear English being spoken but it sounds very different depending on who you're speaking to and where they're from so between us we just thought that could be a good thing to look into and understand a bit more what on earth are accents yeah and uh I don't really know I don't think I knew anything about it well like I know people speak differently I know what I could tell you some examples of people who speak a particular okay we're going to talk about English accents really aren't we here as well yes we're, we're talking generally like yes we're recording it in English we're going to go with English accents I guess but the same is true of, of all accents. Like I, I know other other British or English accents. I don't know anything about them, like why or, or when or where or, or any of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you and I, we are both speaking with an accent now, aren't we? Everybody's got an accent, whether you think you haven't or not. Yeah. If you're listening to this um, and you happen to be in England, People tell me I sound like I'm from the West Country. I know me and Ollie are actually from sort of around there, like nearly close to Bristol. We're from somewhere near there. Like, do I sound like a farmer? I don't think I do, but I'm often told I sound like a farmer. <laughs> oh dear. I I think you probably sound more farmer than what I do, but I don't know. It's it's funny. I know sometimes, or I have done in the past, I, I went over to university in America and I know if I'm in America, I tend to put on more of a British accent. Just just accidentally, yeah, you sort cool. of fall into it. You're making sure that you're pronouncing your T's for, can I have a bottle of water, please? <laughs> Rather than... Yeah. Uh, I think it gets you places, though, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think there's some it. accents. If someone spoke to you in a particular accent and it just sounds nice to your ear, you're, you're, you're willing to just, you know, you, you give them a bit more. So, uh, yeah, you go to a supermarket, you know, I used to live in America. I don't know if I've mentioned this. Oh, really? American Liam. You go to the tills and they go, good morning. How are you today? You just speak to, and they're like, oh my, oh my God, you're British? Or, or quite often they say I was Australian. Oh, did they? Oh, there you go. There was your first accent. You just put on, put on an, uh, an Australian one for us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Okay. So, so, so what is an accent then? Seems obvious, doesn't it? It's like how you say things or what you say. Yeah. What, something that I then thought I'd look into at the same time is, yeah, what's what's the difference between an accent and a dialect? 
And so I, I think it probably makes sense for us to explain both of them and just what the, the slight differences are. So from a from an accent, that just refers to the way that language is pronounced, the yeah. way that you say things. Yeah, I just, my question just then was how you say things and what you say. Uh, an accent is how you say the things, whereas a dialect is what you say, isn't it? Like different people in different areas will use different words to say the same thing. And that is dialect. You know, I would say, do you want to come up the pub for a pint? But someone else might say, I don't know. I can't think. Why don't we then try it then? So you would say, (laughs) why don't we go at the pub for a pint? Imagine you're now Geordie and you're saying to somebody, why don't we go to the pub for a pint? Why I come up, can up the pub at the pint shop. (laughs) I don't know what they call it. (laughs) So, the problem there is we've we've mixed the two things. Dialect, I've used different words. I've said the same thing with different words. That's dialect. But also, I'm saying them in an accent. I'm pronouncing them differently. Yes. You know, the, the do you want to, you say it differently, but you're saying the same words. So that, that's accent. And then dialect is, is the choice of words. Yep. Yeah, that's exact, exactly it. So we're not really going into dialects too much today, but some of it will just naturally come into it or crossover really we're really focusing on the the accent and yeah how and why we have it and as we said earlier everybody has an accent you know if you don't think you do you you definitely do and there's an awful lot of them especially in the UK so in the UK speaking English everybody's speaking the same language but there's just over 50 different accents that you can get from a pretty small country aren't we yeah, it said that the UK has the highest level of accent diversity in the English-speaking world. So I guess that means within a country that speaks English, there are more accents in the UK than there are in any other English-speaking country. Yeah, you've got near enough, you've got a different accent per county. Yeah. Within, and sometimes even within the same county, you can then have differing accents as well but yeah so the the number of counties are easily the number of accents that we've got yeah and then in the world though obviously main ones australian and american they're both speaking english aren't they Uh, but they definitely have accents so in the world it's thought there are about 160 different english accents yes so people speaking english like you said using using the same language they might have a different dialect they'll be using different words but they're still speaking the same language, but in a different accent, 160 of them. Yeah, that's exactly Crazy. exactly right. Yeah, so many. So, yeah, as we said, we're focusing on the UK today, some of the ones that we've got here. Is it worth just saying what some of those are then? Maybe some of the ones that people might have heard of if we've got anybody listening abroad? You mean like the posh Queen's English? Yeah, received pronunciation. Yeah, a Cockney. Cockney, yeah. The Brummie accent, the Yorkshire accent, Geordie accent, Scottish, Irish, Welsh, they all they all speak the same, but yeah, they've got slightly different accents. So you, you and I were saying when we go abroad or if we're in America, we might speak in a certain way. And that's leaning more towards the received pronunciation, isn't it? It's where you talk a little bit slower, where you pronounce the words and you try and sound a bit more like the Queen's English, I suppose, yeah. is what people do. And that that's the British accent that a lot of people go to as thinking is the standard accent. But weirdly, 
it's only spoken by about 3% of people in the UK. So it's not very representative at all. No, it's known as the prestige accent, though. The, the prestige UK accent. Prestige accents are like pretty much what they say, like the main one, the one that holds the most prestige. If, you know, rightly or wrongly, if you walk around talking like that, perhaps you're you're higher up, you have more influence and more power and think, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, this is the one where I went to the bath. That sort of, you know, the posh one. Bath darts oh darling that sort of one and it was also because that was the the accent that was used on the bbc dating back you know yeah 90 years ago and for a very very long time so that was the accent that was being broadcast out and you had this very posh accent that then people thought well that must be the way that people could or should speak yeah do you want to are we gonna you want to do another accent then go on you, you, mention- you, said, you said cockney give me some of your best cockney I can't do accents. I can't. It just, I just <laughs> automatically try and sound like I'm a Geordie. <laughs> it's the only one I can I go into. Any others um, then? If you could do any others, what could you do? Which one's Brummy? Oi, I'm very bored. That one. <laughs> that I quite all- like it. I quite like this. That one. <laughs> can you do Scouse? Scouse. Which one's Scouse? Liverpool. No. What do they say? Tell me, I don't even know. I just need a sentence that they say, and then I'll try and say it. Well, you've got the stereotypical of saying "calm down." That's the calm down. They're more than They got that sound a lot. Yes, yeah, that they one. do. I think the hardest one is Scottish, isn't it? Or Geordie, as I was saying. Geordie's pretty hard. If you're not from England, Geordie's like Billy Elliot. It's the language they use in Billy Elliot. If you've not seen Billy Elliot, obviously you're not going to know that. Uh, yeah, but then you've got the Scottish accent, which is slightly different as well. That's funny. There's not just one Scottish accent. No, there's not. No, there's no. That's <laughs> Just lumping that's it all true. in there together. No, yeah, that's that's very true. Um, <laughs> do you want to try and speak Scottish? Scottish. You just sound a little bit longer in the words that you're saying. I don't know if I've gone into a Geordie one there. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. Well, let's leave, let's yeah. move on from this. And so we we know that there are lots of different accents that you then get. But how and why then have we ended up in such a small place in the UK, having over 50 different accents, and then globally having 160 different English accents? So it's down to two reasons. Okay, there's no, it's funny, like normally we talk about history and all sorts of things like that. There's not really a lot to this. It's down to two reasons. One is human nature, right? It's in our nature to try and fit in. And even if we try not to, we will subconsciously try to. You know, we're talking about like, you might wear clothes that other people wear or if you're if you're at a comedy gig you'll laugh because everybody else laughs you know you try and people try to fit in and that that means that what we tend to do over a period of time is we try to sound like the people that we are with so if we go to an area and everybody says things slightly differently they said the same words that we were saying but they they say it slightly differently they have slightly different pronunciation you will start doing that subconsciously because you're trying to fit in um and obviously there'll be some people that 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 doesn't fit and they'll be like oh i'm just going to be different but most people are going to try and fit in and therefore pick up this this way of speaking and going back hundreds of years that human nature and wanting to fit in there's also another part of it that because towns were much more standalone um and they were isolated that it was also then wanting to then make sure that the 
people who you were talking to, you trusted them. You knew who they were if they sounded the same as you. If they had yep. a funny accent, you would know that they're not one of your own people. Like, where have they come yeah, from? Yeah, and they're not from around here. Yeah, they're not from around here. And there's an interesting study that was carried out that I read about a few times where humans, we can detect a different accent from our own one after just 30 milliseconds of speech, apparently. Yeah, wow. So you, you can know pretty quick, is that my accent or not? Should I trust it? Yeah. So the act of isolation, you know, what would happen is, you know, take Newcastle, right? It's really north in the UK. At some point, that was isolated. Like there were people there, but but there was no social media or mass media and the news and people weren't traveling backwards and forwards. They were just in this area of sort of basically on their own. And over time, they just all started speaking like each other. They just they just picked up ways of saying things and and words they would use and the way they would talk and sounds they would make. And then they all, to fit in through human nature, they all started doing it. Yes. And then, yeah, and then like you're saying, obviously then someone else turns up, perhaps they've come down from Scotland. They've got a slightly different way of saying things. And then you're going to know, oh, they're not from here. Yes. And this, yes. Sort, of, this sort of mishmash. And then, and then what happens is as they find new areas to sort of colonize, if you like, they move to a new city, but people come from all over the UK. They've all got these slightly different accents and then they just mash up into this new one. Yeah, that's, that's exactly it. And the, the reason why in the first place, some accents then originated in different parts of the country in England is because we got invaded a lot by other countries you know we're surrounded by water you know it's, people would come over they would then try and settle here and there were different um different countries or people who would try and come and take over and so for example because of the the invasions that maybe happened i was reading about in the midlands which is sort of the birmingham area in the middle of england like halfway up halfway down whichever way you look at it the danes in the ninth century they were controlling the east midlands and so there's okay. there's a lot of words or names of places around there that end in the suffix by. So you've got Derby or Thorsby. And so there's all these places around there. And there's a lot of words that sort of came out from an accent because of the Danish. But then on the west of the Midlands, that was controlled by the Saxons. And so they then, okay. like that isolation where they're separate, but they need to know maybe they might need to trade with each other. So they don't go off and speak a completely different language, but just because they're separate, they then yeah. come up with their own words and ways of working. Yeah. 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 They can trace accents back, can't they, to do through history, basically. They can work out when when and who settled where, and you can work out where this accent has come from because of it. But, yes. Yeah. So it's, so it's down to two things, quite simply. Isolation, being isolated, people speak slightly differently over time, and then the, your human nature, your need to fit in, and then that's where accents come from, essentially. Yep, that's definitely it. That's the end of the podcast. Yeah. Then there are other things that played a factor in it as well. Like over the years, then so that's where they originally came from and sort of how they are now, but then very much with the social classes and accents as well. So we were saying about yep. received pronunciation, where because people from a working background wouldn't have traveled so much then they would have just got more and more ingrained with their own local accent. Whereas people who were able to travel going back, you know, a couple of hundred years or, or less, even like after the 20th century, it was more prestigious or people would get taught in public schools about to talk in a certain way to try and hold them in a higher level of yeah. social class and status, wouldn't they? Yeah. 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 And then they try and learn this queen's, Queen's English, 
as, as you might have heard. But yeah, received pronunciation is the uh, the the posh way of saying it, I guess. <laughs> uh, the, the proper way, the proper thing we call it. And then accents are still happening nowadays. Like it's not a, like a they're not done, are they? So like nowadays, through social media and through Netflix and things like that in particular that's also creating accents and I see that at school I've got loads of children in my school who are not traditional like English is their second language yeah. and they've learned it they've learned it through a mixture of us as teachers teaching them because we are British they are not but also through watching Netflix and they've watched Netflix with like They've watched Friends, which is American, and then they've watched like The Office, which is British, and they've watched like lo- programs from all over the world, and then they end up pick- learning English, but with like a total mash of of accents. And then, do your class in particular sound a little little bit farmerish? <laughs> no, they haven't picked that from me. They all sound. They've all got uh, in the school. They call it the international accent. It's all. It is a very funny sort of American sounding accent. Yeah. But it's not. You know, if you were in America, you'd go, "That doesn't sound American." But it is sort of. It's got this funny twang to it interesting to know where we get to in you know another 50 years or 100 years because we're saying because you've got new technology and you've got mass media like will there just be one big accent that people then start sounding like and maybe some of these other dialects like a strong yorkshire accent might not happen as much or strong geordie accent could end up dying out maybe yeah so when do we get our accents because I was saying, like, these children in my school, they are, I mean, what, like, 11, probably? 11, 12, 13, 14, that sort of age. When do we, do you read when you pick up your accent? This is really interesting to hear that you might even develop your accent before you're born. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I heard this. Because there's evidence that the babies can hear in the womb. Yeah. And therefore, they can already hear the way people speak. Yeah, and, and they think it's to do with a an instinctive survival mechanism where babies will try and mimic the sounds of the people around them as well. So they start to understand like the inflections in the way that people are speaking, and then they will then try and copy that. And so there's been studies to suggest that babies' cries can be different based on the accents of their parents. Yeah, but that's how they learn words though, isn't it? That's the same. They keep hearing the same word and they mimic it. So, Definitely. you know, it's, it makes no, it makes sense that they'd hear the same sound and they would just try and mimic it. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're exactly right. None of us are born with an accent or none of us are born being able to speak Spanish or to be able to speak English. We're just yeah. born and then it's just the surroundings around us. We then mimic them to then make sure that we then end up getting fed or getting the, you know, the, the comfort or looked after by um, by mimicking the things around us. Yeah, but as far as... um like an actual accent is concerned, research suggests that once you've got your accent, whatever accent you have at about 12 years old is permanent. And although you might pick up slight changes as an adult, perhaps over time, generally speaking, your accent is what it is at 12 years old. You can change it, but it would require some speech therapy. Like you need to actively go out of your way to try and change the way you speak. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a funny example where one of my, one of my good mates, he his family are all from Ireland but he now lives over here in England and when he's around us he talks and he sounds English but if his mum rings him from Ireland he'll then start speaking and his accent without even thinking about it changes right back to a thick Irish accent and he almost doesn't realize that he's done it like you say to him afterwards after a phone call he's like oh yeah yeah I didn't realize that happened again 
it's just really funny. So people, as we were saying about that desire to fit in and what have you, you can't really change your accent that much, but you can, that whole mimicking, you can then adapt slightly. But as you say, you're pretty much stuck with your accent from when you're 12 years old. And talking about like not being able to change or to get rid of an accent, that leads nicely. I read about like foreign accents. You know how like a German person speaking English, you know immediately they're German or, or a Japanese person. But you you know immediately, like you said, like milliseconds, this guy yeah. is not from here. Yep. And, and how you can't change it. The reason being, some of these um, other countries, some of them, all of them, they, they don't have all the sounds we have. And likewise, we don't have the sounds that they have. So when they try and say certain words that involve a sound that they don't even have or know, it's no surprise when they pronounce it differently and therefore have an accent when they try. It's like, yeah, Japan, Japanese, they don't really have the proper R or the I sounding for words. And so when you have people from Japan trying to speak English, you can then instantly tell that they've not said that quite correctly. And it's because you... In Japan, they stop developing the R and the I sounds when they're about 10 months old. They just don't need them because they don't have them within their language. It'd be it'd be like you and I trying to learn like one of the Afrikaans like click languages. Like yeah. we just can't make those tongue as we learn about the tongue, it one of its major things that it helps us do is speak. And so, yeah. you know, just forming those shapes that you then need to be able to talk is something that you just lose the ability to do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's true. There's, there's tons and tons of examples about stuff like, you know, certain languages have certain ways of saying things. And then, you know, like you said, if you learned it as a baby, if you've never learned the, the, the TH sound, you know, the start of all of the words that we might use, how do you expect to then say the word this when you're learning English? Because you never even, that sound is so alien to you. It's just, you end up saying it differently and therefore you have an accent. Is, is that in, in Germany where they don't have the, the W sound? So they'll pronounce yeah. things with a with a V. Yeah. 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 Exactly. But talking about foreign accents, one of the craziest things, and I did know this before that I, I heard of it, obviously. Foreign accent syndrome. <laughs> yeah. So talking about foreign accents, this is bananas, isn't it? Absolutely this, bananas. This sounds a bit scary. So for anybody that doesn't know, foreign accent syndrome is a speech disorder that can just descend on you all of a suddenly and then you were a native speaker with one source of accent when you went to bed and then you wake up and you wake up with a completely different accent yeah so like like me imagine i typically by the way this result this is a result of a brain injury or a stroke it's not quite as bad as wake go to sleep wake up although i'm sure there might be uh, stories like that but you know, I take a knock to the head, I wake up in hospital and suddenly I sound like I'm Spanish and I'm speaking, I'm speaking English with a Spanish accent or something like that. Yeah. And it, it's not that they're putting it on and it's not really treatable either, is yeah, it? Yeah, it's not curable. Yeah. I read medication doesn't really cure it and they need like major speech therapy to uh, your, your brain. It's a brain thing and it's very hard to understand. But yeah, imagine waking up and like, that'd be crazy. Yeah, it's super, super rare. So it was first described in 1907 by a French neurologist called Pierre-Marie. And since then, there have only been just over 110 different cases that have been reported around the world. And yeah, like we were saying, tends to be a knock from the head, but then there have been people who did fall asleep and just wake up 
with another with another language the next day. When we were talking about accents, just anecdotally, there's a Scottish comedian called Kevin Bridges. I don't know if you've seen him. He's yeah. got a really thick Glaswegian accent. Yeah. And he says, depending on where he's performing, he might have to might have to soften his accent or not. So he consciously maybe talks slower, or if he's performing down in London. So his, his accent has slightly tweaked over the years, so much so when he then goes back to Glasgow, they say to him, You're not from around here because your uh, accent isn't thick enough. And he's got some uh, really funny, yeah, some really funny material all about his accent. Talking about isolation, do you, I read that they think there might be an Antarctica um, accent nowadays? Yeah. Now they're properly isolated, right? So we've got all these scientists. And by the way, if you feel like learning about Antarctica, We've got an episode all about Antarctica. Go back and find it. You know, we learned all about the scientists who are up there and um, they are conducting experiments and things up on in Antarctica. But they're isolated, right? So there's maybe 900 people up there uh, and they're all, you know, they all, they all probably speak in English. But then over time, they're all slightly picking up tweaks to the way they say things. And uh, yeah, a linguist at the University of Munich, Jonathan Harrington, did a study and he asked them to say a bunch of words uh, just before they got there or as they got there. And then he asked them all to say the same words when they left and has found there's some slight changes to the way they say it. And they now starting to sound the same. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And that's similar, which is really interesting to how the American accent originated in the Australian one too. So this was where the Brits went over to America, just colonized over there started mixing with some of the the local people that were there already. But apparently it was even after the first generation of Brits being in America that they started to change from speaking England, English, from speaking English, English, English. They started to change, (laughs) change the words because of that isolation being away from, you know, the, the Queens English and a bit of a melting pot of Brits who'd gone over there as well. Just all these words started to, to mishmash together. Yeah. So like we said, it's, it's isolation and human nature. So they're, they're on their own, particularly if you think about Antarctica or Australia, that was not, you know, out on the island, you know, they're away on their own. And then the human nature, the need to fit in, they all start trying to sound a bit like each other. And then f- through over a lot of, over time, obviously they then develop this slightly different way of saying things. Um, and that's where your accent comes from. I... I've read or heard ages and ages ago that the Australian accent had started because it was a load of Brits got sent over there and Brits started to, to colonise over in Australia. And I'd heard that they'd started to get their different accent because it was sunny. And so they were having to screw up their <laughs> face all the time. Cause... Just so you know, hang on, and nobody can see you. We need to get this on YouTube. <laughs> isn't Ollie's talking to me now with his eyes squinting. And it makes you, you, when you squint, try and talk when you're squinting, it makes you sort of turn into a smile, don't you? And, and then, then you change you, the way you, they speak. You've got a bit of a smile and then your eyes and everything. It just <laughs> means that that's how the accent began. But it turns out that's a complete lie. That isn't true. Yeah. So I, I was looking into that this week. There's no evidence for that. So I've got no idea where I made that up from. But apparently there's been a, um, in the, the University of Melbourne, there's been an academic there called Dean Frankel, and he's convinced that the reason there's the Australian accent is because the early settlers there were pretty much drunk all the time. Yeah, so they slurred. 
They slurred their words. They just talk talk differently and they talk for so long like that. Everybody else started talking like it. So he's he's put forward a pretty strong case to say that they just slur their word. They're quite quite lazy in the way that they talk. Your Australian accent's really good, by the way. Is it all right? And they they don't move their mouth as much. And so that's why you then get the Australian accent, apparently. So yeah, because they were smashed. For people listening, if we've got any Australian fans, right? Do you sound like you've got a British accent speaking Australian? Because in my head, you sound exactly like Australian. But in, are they? Do you know what I mean? Do, do you sound different to them? Are you like <laughs> that's a funny accent you're speaking in? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Quite possibly, but it's it's something that actors have to do all the time, don't they? Actors, if they're then playing a role, you get some Brits who then go and play a role in America. Um, and they they might have to go through some speech lessons or some speech coaching to then nail down an accent so it sounds authentic. But there was actually, way back in the day, there was something called the Hollywood accent, wasn't there? Yeah, it was where, like, in the early 1900s up to about 1940, it's where they're all learning to speak English. And then they're all learning it with the Queen's English and it sounds better and nicer. So there ended up being this sort of hollywood sort of pretend British accent. Yeah. And then they that they would use in all the films. Imagine a really old film, how they're speaking, like like that sort of accent. It became known as the Hollywood accent. I can't really imagine it. Um <laughs> I don't know. I'm not gonna do one. I can't do it. Ah, <laughs> oh, that would have been good. So yeah, it, it became known as the the mid-Atlantic accent. That's what all of the the um the local actors and actresses at the the acting schools as Hollywood was getting off the ground. That's the way that they just decided would then sell more movies. And so that was the way that they decided to speech, like really making a point of pronouncing T's, even though that isn't really an American thing. Like we were saying yeah. water earlier or butter. It should be like with bees, butter, water. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I did read just, just one more thing about like some of the issues of having an accent. Oh, right. Yeah. You know, if you're in a place where and again it goes back again to like this need to fit in and how like if you don't sound like everybody else it's just just some of those things like communication barriers you know prejudice that you might have against you because of the fact you don't sound the same as everybody else you know people expect people to sound like this received pronunciation the uh the queen's english and if you don't does that mean you're not you're not smart and you're not mm. you, do you know what i mean you're not prestigious you're not high up you're not affluent uh, those sorts of things that that can professional opportunities. There's a lots of um, research at the minute into whether accents, you know, hold you back at universities and things like that. You know, if you come out of uni, you've got a really strong Yorkshire accent versus a bunch of people who've got a really nice, clean, you know, proper accent. Does that make it more difficult for you to get a job? Um, are you thought of differently? That that sort of thing. Did they so. go into any specifics about which accent does what? No, I do you know? I did try and find which is the the best or the the nicest accent. The Irish accent's pretty nice, isn't it? That always makes you feel like pretty friendly. Yeah, I was. Uh, I then went in and started having a little look about the most trustworthy accents in okay, the UK. Go on. So there were just under three thousand people were surveyed by a company called OnBuy.com. I'm not sure what they do. And they they asked the people to listen to 15 different accents and then say which one they would most likely trust. So either for customer service or in a job interview, whatever it might be. The one that came third was the 
Edinburgh accent in Scotland. Okay, yeah. The one that came second was the received pronunciation. Oh, we are. Okay, excellent. And then the one that came first was Yorkshire. Which one's Yorkshire? Coming up park to have Ketwork football. That's the one. Is that Yorkshire? <laughs> that's the I one. Remember, I, that sent that phrase. When I was about 12, I remember meeting a kid on holiday and we were in a holiday camp and I remember him asking me to go and have a game of football and, he, and that's the only sentence I can say. He, he would go, come on up park to have Ketwork football. And like, <laughs> that's the only thing I could do. I don't even know if that's the right place. But yeah. I don't think this is an, uh, a dialect or an accent thing, but they often, rather than saying the, just put a t in there, don't they? Yeah. Come on um, up, have Ketwork tut football. Something like that. And then... The do you want to know the, the bottom of the list? Go on then. Most untrustworthy. Apparently, the most untrustworthy was the Brummy accent, the Birmingham accent. Oh no. That's and, one. And then it was Scouse. Scouse. No, go on. <laughs> and then it was uh the East Anglian, so Norfolk and Suffolk accents, but yeah. So yeah, sorry, sorry for anyone listening from Birmingham. I mean, this isn't this isn't our opinion, and this is no, just, this is a just this is our research. All we're doing is sharing our research, and this uh, it's all subjective, and it just comes down to what people may or may not like in terms of an accent. Right, I think we're about done, but I have got a cool takeaway, a nice little last little nugget of information. You want to hear my two guys one topic takeaway? Yeah, yeah, go on. Okay, so. This is, I'm only doing this as promotion for a previous episode. Talking <laughs> about accents. We did an episode about pirates. Do you remember this fact? Do you want to tell me? Do you want to say the fact? It's uh, about accents and pirates. This is a good one. No, go on. You tell everybody. So everybody thinks a pirate. Army hearty. He be sounding like this, doesn't he? Like he's from proper West Country, actually. Really, really West Country. The only reason, if you haven't listened to our pirate episode, this is, we talked about it on there. If you have listened to it, I'm just repeating myself. Uh, there's a famous film called Treasure Island in 1950 and an actor called Robert Newton was the Long John Silver. And yeah, he just, he just started speaking in that accent. That's where he was from. The, the pirate was said to have lived in Bristol, which is where that sort of accent comes from. So he just put that accent on real thick and because it was in the fifties and that was just as sort of films were becoming a big deal, weren't they? Yes. And it, it just, that's how everybody thinks pirates speak. That's the only reason, because of a film and an actor who chose to speak like that. I like that. And yeah, just to remind people or people who haven't listened, there's a whole load of things that we think about pirates that isn't true. Um, so yeah, I definitely recommend people going yeah. back and listening to that. If you think you know about pirates, you probably don't. Yeah, yeah. Go on then. What's your takeaway? Um, I was going to have a little look into something around singing and why don't we have accents when we sing? Why don't people oh, have, yeah. have accents when they sing, yeah, which yeah. I've not really managed to get to the bottom of. So I think I'll probably save that for the wrap up. But something that I did find, and I'll tell you is my, my two guys, one topic takeaway, is even sign language can have its own accent. Oh, what? How does that work then? I know. That's what I thought as well. So it, it comes down to some of the same things that we've said already about it's it's the age of the person that's doing the sign language or the person's ethnicity or who taught them the sign language um, or whether the person can slightly hear or not. So if they are fully deaf or not. But yeah, so 
there are over 100 different sign languages being used around the world, but you do end up getting local variations and local accents of sign language. Wow. <laughs> bit different. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, there you go. There's a good fact. Right. Now, more importantly, I know we've finished this episode. Okay. So take a main thing to take away. How do you get an accent? You need to be isolated and you need to want to try and fit in. All right. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, that is um, good. It's good. But I think more importantly, we are approaching the end of this series, which means we've got three episodes left or four. four. Uh, the next episode will be my choice. So whatever I tell Ollie, we're doing, we're doing. And then the episode after that, Ollie will choose. And the episode after that, we will put a vote to our listeners on Instagram. So follow us at two guys, one topic. If you don't, if you'd like to have a say, but I'm going to tell you what our next week's topic is right now. So there's no spoiler that you already, everyone's going to know. I love this. I love this. I've I've got no idea what this could be. And I've just got to go ahead with this topic and uh, get on board with it. So go on then, Liam, tell me and everybody else, what is next week's Liam's choice episode going to be? It's going to be all about duty free shopping. (laughs) Okay. What on earth is duty free? I've heard of it. I got no idea. Right. Everyone's been for an airport a bajillion times. What is duty free? Why is there no tax on it? Why is it in every airport in the world? Like, how does it work? Duty free shopping. That's what we're doing. Okay. So many of our listeners will go through a duty free shop and they're going to need to know this piece of it. This is going to be important. This is life changing. I don't need to know this right now, but I'm interested to know where this has come from. Obviously, you've just gone through an airport. There must have been something that triggered it. So you can let us know next week. <laughs> How and why you must have bought something that you thought, yeah, that's a good, that's a good topic to do. Yeah, duty-free shopping, done. Amazing. All right, we will get on to that. Hopefully, everybody has enjoyed this week's topic. Super interesting one, all about accents. We'd love for you to let us know what you thought of our accents. Feel free to get in contact with us <laughs> at Two Guys One Topic. Feel free to correct us or send us a little voice note as well if you think that you've got a special accent. Um, you can get us on at Two Guys One Topic on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. So we'll be back with you next Tuesday with Liam's choice. But until then, get out there and share some accent knowledge. And I was too scared to do that in an accent. <laughs> <laughs>